Catching Up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan. Hello, this week a rootin' tootin' rip-roaring romp through theatre with West End star Rachel Tucker, one of the stars from Come From Away, joining us in the studio to talk about the show that has come to London and as we heard from one of the preview audiences we talked to last week, it's a hit. Your boots will be filled with joy and love and laughter and hope. And it's just what we need right now. What does it take to write the words in the songs in a musical? We'll meet Jake Brunger, who does just that. Well, the book writer is the person who kind of comes up with the structure of the show, works out the story, work out where the interval point is, and then I work with the composer. The team at Joe Allens are with us again, talking about encouraging new works and another great story from you on our theatre disasters and how Captain Hook lost his hook and Tinkerbell saved the day, sort of. With us as always, it's Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan. Hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. hello. How was the week? Yeah, very good, lovely week. You've very been singing, good. haven't you? I've been all over the place. When I've are you been, not, Kerry I've Ellis? been with the lovely Calabro boys. Um, yeah. They opened on Sunday and I joined them on Monday and we've had a couple of nights. We were in Milton Keynes, which was wonderful. They're gorgeous. They've got 50 dates. Wow. I mean, and you're doing quite a lot of them, aren't you? I'm not quite doing 50, but I'm doing about 30-odd. 30 30 odd yeah. um, ending at the Royal Albert Hall and, uh, yeah, we're having a really nice time. It's, it's Fabulous. gorgeous. We have a special guest with us. Rachel Tucker, thanks for joining us. Hello. And the, and <laughs> the thing we've got to do now is keep you two apart, really. But, you know, <laughs> no. because, because you, I mean, your careers, I mean, the two of you, you've done, basically you've both done Alpha Bar, you're in Come From Away, yes. which we're so excited yes. about uh, starting next week. I think you've had three weeks of previous, haven't yes, you? Yes, almost three weeks. Next week will be, we, when we open, we'll have done three weeks in London. Yeah. Wow. After eight weeks in Dublin. Wow. At the Abbey Theatre, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, it's so tell us a bit about the show. Tell us, like, um, what is the show about? Well, we're very, very much staying clear of 9-11. We don't mention it because it's actually just got have. nothing to do with it. <laughs> but this is the thing. It's actually quite a tricky show to sell. Yeah, yeah. And the ticket and people who've been around and seen us in Dublin, they were like, this is going to be tough to sell. You actually have to be in the auditorium and witness it before you understand what it's about. But I'm going to try. So it's what happens after 9-11. It's the events the five days after in a beautiful tiny little island called Newfoundland, Gander in Newfoundland which is just off the coast of Canada. Now what a lot of people don't know is that there were over 200 planes across the US airspace that were not allowed to land and had to go elsewhere. So Canada took 200 or so. Gander, this tiny island, took 38 planes. And now the island itself holds 7,000 people. There was double that by the time they emptied these 38 planes. So it's the events that happened in these next five days and the generosity, the humanity that came from this tragedy is what this story is about. It's so heartwarming. It's your boots will be filled with joy and love and laughter and hope. That, and it's just what we need right now. And it's it's actually about real life people, isn't it? Yes. And, and some of those people have been to see you and talk to you. Yeah. Have, were they ever in rehearsals? Did you actually get to speak to the people who your characters are? Some of us did decide to. I didn't. Um, I play Captain Beverly Bass. She's the first American US pilot, female US wow. pilot 
in history. She's the first female pilot, which I think is incredible. And she came to visit. She's still flying, but um, she has been to see Come From Away and the productions around the world over 130 times. Wow. So I met her in Dublin, her and her beautiful husband, Tom, and a lot of the, the people either on the plane or the, the Newfoundland people that come from Awares. And they're all coming and press night. They're Aww, all here this week. And that's so lovely. They've been so influential on background and filling us in with what the weather was like on the day and how, you know, just how generous everybody on, in Gander were. And it's been really successful already mm. on Broadway, and so they kind of they know the format as, as yes. such. Um, how creative as a new company, as a new mm. London company, mm. were you allowed to be? Did you were you allowed to have a lot of input, or was there already like um, template. the template yes. was already there? It was very much there. But what's brilliant about Chris, the director, Chris Ashley, who's genius in my eyes, and the, the whole creative team, was we very much had to learn the show, which. As you may find, I do anyway, that we had to be off book. And I find this very hard because I learn on my feet. And we have a lot of chair moves. The the show's based around chairs and tables. There's very little set. There's a band on stage. And it's up to us to make planes and buses. And it's very, it's very minimal, but it's beautifully done. So we do know our lines and we have something like 58 chair moves in the show. Huh. So yeah, and you need and you get each push and pull. Ch- uh, yeah, I know. I wish <laughs> not, I anymore. Nice. Yeah. not anymore. Not yeah. anymore. But each chair move, like, it has got a color code, a spike on the floor. Oh where you need there's a revolve, so it moves. Oh, wow. So the rehearsal process was insane. Very physical. It was yeah, extraordinary. And mentally, I was going, I was going to implode. Normally, you have people that do this for you. Exactly, Dad. <laughs> yeah, where are they? <laughs> so we we didn't have, we didn't we didn't have. It was a strange rehearsal process. It was very much learn it, let's do it, and then. Then we, we got the acting and the singing, and but it was all involved yeah. at the same time. But it was definitely a longer process than normal. It's quite a very um, high profile, I think, musical theatre-wise mm. company. It's not a celebrity company as such, mm-hmm. but it's uh, Clive Carter, <sighs> Helen Hobson, um, lovely Jenny Tierney, oh, who's gorgeous, and yourself. And you know, it's just a it's a a company full of brilliance, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, how's the experience? It's been honestly a dream job. I, I couldn't have asked for a more happier, funnier... God, we have laughed. <laughs> we have laughed so much in this company. David Shannon, Jenna Boyd, oh, uh, Mark Sh- Dugdale. Boyd. Oh my, <laughs> you, you, you know everybody. Oh. Um, they are all there. We have had such, from start to finish, a dream company. Oh, and, but that comes from the producers and yeah, the creatives. The and it, they have made us feel so welcome. And Dublin, the Abbey Theatre, were incredible. That was such a place to hone it and get it right and perfect mm. it for we, before we came to London. It was couldn't have asked for a better. Because it sounds like you've hit the ground running already yeah, coming in, and obviously presses on Monday. But I was outside the theatre last week for uh-huh. our podcast, doing an audience vote, and people come out and tell us what they think, and it, people were just coming out with tears in their mm-hmm. eyes, but just absolutely couldn't couldn't say anything better about it. It was but amazing. The thing you, you you mentioned, Rachel, is the difficulty as soon as you say nine eleven mm-hmm. to people. They go, oh, that's this is going to be awful. I I can't go and see something, you know, because if you were around when nine eleven happened, Um, the memories of that are just terrible anyway. But it's not about that, of course. It's about it's about what comes from From that, and it's kind of a victory from the terrible, terrible defeat. Well, this this is it, and a lot of New Yorkers haven't seen it because they're afraid of feeling emotional it's about it to it's too close and they were there and, and actually the Come From Away creatives have brought a lot of people and people have got 
new lives because of this show. Literally, mm. they've been, they have really cathartic. Yes, cathartic. Mm. It really is, and um, it's uh, and theatrical. It's a uh, that's what we are supposed to do in theatre: change yeah. people's views and yeah. feelings, and mm. you know, turn something tragic like like that, that that happened into something beautiful. And it's short. And it's short. For <laughs> hey. anyone in the industry, loves a short show. But also audience members, they probably, it's intense. It's kind of like, it, it, there's no interval, is there? There's no interval, so it's 100 minutes straight through. And the reason that they did this, they did have an interval when they were developing the show in Canada. And they thought, actually, if we take the interval out, sadness to the theatre bars who all love their, <laughs> their money at the interval. But they took it out because they wanted the audience members to feel like they were on that five day journey of comp- on the edge of your seats, not knowing when we're going to get told when you're going home, when the next, like mm. they were literally in limbo for five mm. days. No, they kept getting told they're going home. No, they're not. Something else happened. They stopped. Uh, so they want, they want the audience to go on that journey mm. and not have a rest the yeah. way we don't. But in terms of the audience, because you mentioned, Johnny, when you were there last week, people coming out in tears, very moved by mm. the show. I mean, for you performing, Presumably that happens. People yes. get, get very emotionally involved in that. What does that feel like for you as actors on stage? Well, we're very much told by Chris, please don't you cry. That's the audience's job. Please don't get emotional about it because there is a heartbreaking story in this and it's they're all true stories. That's what's so astounding. When I saw the show on Broadway in September, I, I literally had to ask the producers, are you absolutely sure this is all, these are all true stories? I can't believe mm. it. couldn't believe it. So... When us as actors on stage, we start to emote, it almost stops the audience crying. So Chris has told us not to do that. Leave it up to the audience. And by us being very day-to-day about it, very unconnected to it, and because they had to get on with it. They didn't cry when they were helping people. It's what it's, was happening it is, for them. It's, yeah. yeah. So you see big butch men wiping their eyes mm. every night just toward the end of the show. It's, it's very moving for an, an audience. But for us as actors, it's not... It's hard, you know yeah. what I mean? It's I think it's also because it's it's something that it isn't that long ago, you know. No. It's, but most people can kind of remember it's, it. And rem- it's, it was one of those right. incredible times that everyone still remembers where they were, mm-hmm. you know, that moment in time. So I guess it does relate still to a lot of people. So I guess, like you say, the more if you don't emote as such yeah. too much, then people can have their own experience That's and right. their own memories. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, when do you open? We open on Monday night. Press night's Monday. Have you, you got your outfit? Do you know what? I was out looking this morning. I'm still looking. So anybody out there? No. Yeah. I'll get something. <laughs> Dress is wanted. Oh, is borrow this, one of yours, Karen. It's just the important thing then. It's just, it's just like, you know, you do all the rehearsals, do the show, and then you think, oh my goodness, what am I going to wear? wear? It's quite a milestone <laughs> yeah. though. Opening night is, is, you know, you have all the rehearsals, you have the tech, you mm-hmm. go in the theatre, you then have the audience for the for the previews, and then opening night is almost like a slight ending yes. to all of the... Um, build up. Like, the build up yeah, for it, right. and it's a bit mm-hmm. of a relief, and I think that's why for a company especially it's just such a nice evening everyone can kind of go ah we did it it's here and we've had some questions from uh, listeners people who have uh, come to us with ideas of what to ask you (laughs) so from Richard on Twitter he says you've played some incredible roles over your career but is there one role you've always wanted to play I guess that you haven't played already it's a difficult one actually I I mean I've got to the point in my career where I think as a young youngster coming up, 
all the roles like Roxy Hart in Chicago, mm. you know, Fontaine, Les Mays, all those roles that Carrie's played. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and Elphaba. You know, there, there are things that I have wanted to do and I have and I've done and achieved. But there are roles now that either I'm past the age where I can play it or and also haven't created new roles in musicals and plays oh, yeah. I, I feel I want to do more of that mm. it changes mm. when you it get does, when you've done a, several roles I think it changes what you want from a show that's right it? I want to I want put my own stamp on it like I feel like I'm putting my own stamp on Captain Beverly Bass and Come From Away which is great but you know to actually be in a workshop and yeah. develop a new musical or a new show for women or you know of, of my age but it feels like that's, that's what what's, there's a renaissance in new in new musicals mm. yeah, say, which is an exciting time for that we've, it talked, is. we've talked a lot about this so, you know how many different events the one at uh, other palace this week yes. is all about yes. developing MT new fest, yeah. music the mt fest right another question um, <laughs> if i had to absolutely answer that i'd love to play calamity jane Ooh. Oh, yeah. you'd be brilliant! Oh, yeah. You would be so you'd good be at that. So good at that. We've, We've had Gina in Blackpool getting in touch. She said, <laughs> "What's the first thing you saw on stage that had a big impact on you?" Is there a moment actually? Ah, I mean, a moment where you went, "That's what I want to do." This is the moment. Oh yeah, give us a song. <laughs> Come on. Uh, um, is it too early? <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. Um, well, there were probably two. One watching my sister play Dorothy and there was a divorce and seeing those red sparkly shoes, I was like, I need a pair of those and I need to sing that song. And I was about eight or nine. Wow. So my sister influenced me, Margaret, uh, who's also a great singer. But I think, honestly, the first time I saw Wicked on Broadway, mm, um, yeah. I was had already trained. I knew that this is what I wanted to do, but I was never more taken in. I was 21. Uh, it was the first big Broadway show I'd seen. And I was inconsolable about what I'd seen. Yeah. Mm. And, and I wondered how they did it. It made me wonder, could I possibly do that? Because if I could, I want to do it. Yeah. Mm. There was nothing else. So honestly, it was the, the, that was a huge moment could, for me. Could so. we just have a bit of a wicked moment oh, here? Because, moment. Come on. I mean, we got, we got two offers here. So... <laughs> Like two for the price of we one. don't often get in a room together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah. your memories, your memories of it. I mean, do you did, have you talked and do you share like you know what, what those backstage crew about. that day were? You know, was is it? Because what was the gap between you two doing it? Was it? Well, you, you didn't go straight in after Karen. No, no, no I went in after Alexa Kadir. That's right. Yeah. So if we do see each other on it's, a on a social level, it's we don't have time to chat. To and go it, back to about, it, it's almost it, like yeah. if you if we were on a show together, which would probably be rare. Because hey, if there's an idea. <laughs> anyone yeah, want to write a show? Yeah, anyone listening want to write a Hello. really good show? Please I've got, I've got... me, Lou Dimon. Yes. Oh, that's going to happen now. You put out the ether. Um, you don't. Yeah, you, you kind of don't, don't get a lot of time in. And, and usually, now that we're we're mummies, you know, usually it goes straight it's for the kids. The it's all yeah. about yeah. the kids. Yeah. I was going to say, if we... the shows come later. Yeah. Yeah. But did you have you both? Presumably, you both had your own favourite moments of Elphaba. I wonder if they differed. Is there a particular moment in the show where you particularly loved versus you like? And it changed every night. It changed. I oh, did it. Okay, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. On the show, the sound, the band, yeah. the mm. audience. Not variables. But what's interesting about, about what you said day. about Broadway, Rachel, is that actually for you to have gone and seen it and thought, actually, this is the first big show that's had a major impact mm. on me, to then get the chance to play the mm. role, mm. I mean, that must have been the biggest dream come true at well, the time. Yeah, it mm. was. I remember sending mum and my sister after the show, uh, the ushers were trying to get us out of our seats and my sister was leaning over me, patting me on the back as I, as she was consoling me. I, I was that, I couldn't move. And my mum was at the aisle going, what is going on? Is there something wrong? I was like, I just need to see it again. I was shaking. <laughs> I swear to God, I was like a crazy, crazy man. So after gin and tonic, obviously later, and my nerves calmed, I said, I 
I swear to God, I'm going to play that role. I really? promise you. Fabulous. I had no idea of playing it on Broadway. Yeah. But, but I was like, I'm wow. going to play that role. Okay, so it only took ten years, but that's so, all right. So, so one, one more, and then we'll move on. One more question, uh, Wicked. Favourite song from it? Because is it like, is it the Wizard and I? Is it Defying Gravity? Is it what? what I mean, favourite song to sing? Or to yeah. Sing? Well, <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Mm. Well, you sing most of them in the show, yeah. to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I used to. I there used is a big difference, isn't there? For, it's, it's for me, I used to. I didn't love Wizard and I because I was still trying to warm up. It's hard, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's so like, hard. It's a big song to do. Yeah. And then it's sing, speak, talky, singies, talky, singy, which isn't good on your voice. And then by Defying Gravity, weirdly, I was like, yep, let's go. And I used to really enjoy Defying Gravity. Put me on that crane. Right? I'll, I'll be there. Cherry picker, yeah, put yeah. me up there. Yeah. yeah. And then no <laughs> good deeds and everything. Yeah. I don't know. What about you? Again, it would change, change. every night, depending on sound, reaction, yeah. how you feel. It would change. So one last question from uh, one of our uh, pod yeah. Okay. Oh, this listeners. is a good one. Um, from Emily in Edinburgh, what's your go-to karaoke song? <laughs> Probably not <laughs> to sing. <laughs> no, I, I, anybody that knows me, I love a karaoke. Oh, oh do you? Oh, I love her. She loves a karaoke. Well, that needs to be our end of series special. It's terrible. And my cousins have put me up on Facebook singing and I'm being drunk and like, take that down. That's fine. But she loves a karaoke. <laughs> and my go-to is... I adore Tina Turner, and I, I would—I have to give Tina Turner is the woman that taught me how to sing from a very young age. Oh, I just—I yeah. just was not literally, her voice. I'm not literally, not literally, unfortunately, but um, would be Pride Mary. Oh, oh what a great song! Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, it, and actually, if you've had a, a couple, that's just great. So you can that's build that one out, yes. can't you? It yeah. Fabulous. <laughs> what about you? Do you get up? Do you do a karaoke? Oh. Have you? Is it a bit cringe? Do you find it a bit cringe? Really? I'm not good like that. I think I'm. Although we get up on stage and we show off and we, you know, Same. spend our lives showing off yeah. in front of people, karaoke has a different thing for me. I almost suddenly get ridiculously shy. Do you? It's just ridiculous. Right, me and you doing karaoke. That's it. Yeah. Right. Few gins. Okay. That's, yes. right. that's, that's a whole I other programme. I might just pop down with the microphone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other programme, I'm afraid. Rachel, it's so nice to have oh, you thanks here. Thanks so much. Thanks for coming. Thank Rachel Tucker, Come From me. Away, opens next week. Yes, Monday. Uh, Monday. And, uh, yes. and I love the fact that some of the people who are actually from the island are coming there. They certainly are. They're yeah. there in their droves. Yeah. Can't amazing. wait to meet them again. Yay! Yay! You can get round of applause. <laughs> <laughs> lovely to have Rachel in the studio there. So lovely. Isn't and she, she just, you two just, it feels like we're sitting in your front room just having a chat. It's they could have chatted pretty much all like day. that. We could have done. And you're not usually cast with your peers, like, um, or similar typecast, you know, because it's either one of us or the other one's doing a job. So it's so nice when we actually get to kind of catch but up. Lovely. Someone needs to write a show for us all. Yeah. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen now. We're putting it into the ether. <laughs> so let's talk about the week's news. Maggie Smith uh, is returning to the stage and she'll star in a German life based on the life of Brunhilde Ponzel, personal secretary to the Nazi propaganda minister uh, Joseph Goebbels, which, if you'd asked me, what would Maggie Smith return to the stage in would be about the last <laughs> thing I'd ever think she would. But, um, it's interesting. Wow. It is interesting. I have to say, what a legend. And, I mean, she is just such an iconic actress of our time. And uh, she's going to be at the Bridge Theatre. It's a very exciting coup for them. Because it's only been open last 18 months, two years. So mm. for them to get Maggie to come down, it must have taken some persuasion. There's a new buzz about this Bridge Theatre. Mm. And I think it's going to be really exciting. I know some of the things that are being tried to put in there. And it just has this new buzz about it. Mm. And, and, you know, that's just genius. Putting that in there is fabulous. And, you know, we throw around these icons and these legend words very loosely sometimes but she's got to be one of them yeah. I mean she's got to be up there
The theatre itself is, it, I think the location works very much for it because normally with something that's off West End, you think, well, it's a bit of a schlep to get to somewhere. But of course, where it is, near to London Bridge, just near the city and so on, it on gives the it Thames. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On the Thames, just makes it rather special, I think. Yeah, and I, I do think it's just one of those venues that's going to take off and become the new Curve or Stratford or, you know, I think it's just going to be a real buzz of excitement. Yeah. Well, also, how fabulous for her as well in the fact that actually, do you know what she's done? so much she could just sit there and go I'm going to have a cup of tea mm. but she's, she's she's getting up there she's performing and I, I think it's incredible yeah. but you about a lot of actors though who sort of say they just don't want to stop ever even mm. even some actors who struggle with memory and so on as you get older and mm. you know you what did I come in here for you know but yeah. they actually still keep doing it because of that need almost I think when it's been your life and your passion and when I go and do uh, workshops with like young aspiring actors and they say you know have you got any advice la 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 mainly I always say to them if you've got a passion follow your passion because it will set you up for life and it when I work with Brian sometimes and he he's still out there I'm talking about Mr May he's out there (laughs) still touring the world and obviously the film set another precedent of of excitement about their music and I think it's in your blood I really do and I think it gives you that drive Mm. to keep going and we love it and that's why you never want to stop doing it and I I get I hope I'm still doing it so what happens um, when you get the the doubting (laughs) moments do those happen Oh yeah, I mean it does for everybody, doesn't it? And I think, mm. I think more than more than not today, we're more aware of those things. You know, it is out there that people have troubles and and difficulties dealing with various issues. Mm. Uh, we speak more about mental health, and there's a lot of that in our industry. And and we're all paranoid. You know, we're people. Yeah. people where's talk the next about, job coming yeah, from? And what's, what do people think of me? We're Who constantly said, judged. Yeah. We're constantly up for auditions. We're judged about whether we're right for something. And it, and it, you have to be thick-skinned but i believe if you have passion there it will keep you going we've got three shows that are extending mm. and it's just uh, mm. i think testament to the quality of the shows but also you know we we talked at the beginning of the year how things were changing in the west end and suddenly we hear that uh, only fools and horses uh, waitress and six all extending they are and i have to say it just shows as well that clearly people love booking in advance as well <laughs> these shows because they, they are running for quite a while only fools at the haymarket theater it's not even had its press night yet that's extended to the 31st of august waitress extending to the 19th of october at the adelphi theater and six already has extended to january next year at the arts so Amazing. it's it's really exciting for these new shows to get a proper good run it yeah. is have you yeah. heard about the understudies thing at six no. Have you? This is fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's um, tell me. Six, well, it's it's, it's tell me, a great idea me. because understudies often don't get the recognition they deserve. And, and as the audience, mm. when they come, people say Kerry Ellis is, is, is ill today. Somebody's which never yeah. happens, I know, but somebody will be coming on. <laughs> the audience think, oh well, is it yeah. going to be the same show? Because yeah, yeah, I love Kerry. Yeah. Okay, so it's quite difficult, I imagine, if you're an understudy going on. Well, exactly. And actually, very few shows sometimes. Sometimes they put signs up in the front of house areas, but. Most often than not, you don't know. And what Six have decided to do is they've decided to make quite a big thing on their social media. They create little videos because they're really big on their social media. Obviously, it's a big social media heavy show. And it's all about highlighting and celebrating when the understudies mm. go on. Because actually, at the end of the day, when you go and see a show, I always believe that what you see is what you get in terms of what, who's on the stage. And I don't mind if it's 
an understudy or not, they're there to do a job and they'll be fantastic in it. So the idea that understudies are getting the recognition alongside everybody else is great. It is great. Mm. Isn't, the, isn't there an awards thing as well? I don't know what's on stage doing awards with the, the best understudy. Maybe. Or best. Well, I think so. And I think it is being celebrated a bit more. And like you say, with social media, you can talk about it more. And I think it's an interesting one because essentially, if you are an understudy, you've been cast to be brilliant, to play that role. Mm. So people shouldn't be disappointed no. if they're, yeah. you know, if they, they're going to see the show, they will still love the show. You know, if, if the show is good enough and it's it ticks all the right boxes, you know, you might not get the person that you build to play it. But, yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's quite an honour to be asked to be the understudy for some of the leads, you know, in, in a show anyway. So they're obviously, the theatre want them to do it. So it's great to see a theatre celebrating yeah, it's great. Uh, the understudies they have. <laughs> When you buy clothes from Balkan, you're not buying from just another online retailer. You're buying from a five-star rated brand. Fit and quality is at the heart of everything we do. And you're not buying throwaway fashion either. You're buying meticulously crafted, elegant pieces that you'll love forever. Our collections are defined by foundational pieces infused with timeless essentials and relevant trends. Marie Claire described our collections as everyday designs with a cool fashion edge. And The Telegraph said, if you're after a perfectly pulled together, paired back capsule wardrobe, then Balkan is your go-to. Right now, you can enjoy a little luxury for less in our end of season sale. And with free delivery and returns when you spend £59, there's never been a better time to try us. In fact, the only difficult bit is spelling our name, Balkan. B-A-U-K-J-E-N. Find us at Balkan.com. That's B-A-U-K-J-E-N.com. Acting up with Jamie Crick, Kerry Ellis and Johnny Bunyan. Every week we like to hear your stories of what went wrong when you were in a theatre show. And Richard Orr uh, has been in touch. Richard is in Liverpool. Hello, Richard. Hello. Just How outside Liverpool, actually. Whereabouts? Wallasey in the Wirral. Well, Lisgard specifically, but Wallasey. Right. And, uh, but originally from Northern Thurra. Ireland, by the sound of your accent. Yes, from Bangor, Northern Ireland. Fantastic. Well, um, you um, uh, like musical theatre or theatre in general? Growing up, it was more musical theatre. And then as I've got older, I've sort of got more into theatre as well. Like, I love going to see the odd little play yeah. somewhere. Do you perform at the moment or was this something in the past? Off and on. When I moved over here, I didn't do anything for years and then joined a local group and we did Acorn Antiques the Musical. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Fabulous. That was show. Great back, show. And that was hilarious. I don't think I've ever laughed so much <laughs> doing anything in my life. Well, tell us about the story of what happened when you were Captain Hook. I used to go to a Saturday stage school called McMaster Stage School. I got my first ever big part as Captain Hook. Good part, great part. And <laughs> my mum used to hand sew all the costumes because she doesn't like sewing machines. So she based the <laughs> oh costume gosh. off the Disney version. Oh, bless, that's a lot of sewing. Yeah, it's a lot of sewing. Yes. We'd bought a hook and we had like these little ruffles that we actually glued to the hook. So the bottom of the ruffle was elasticated and it went over my hand and my hand went into the hook. Which is, and makes we sense. Were two or three shows in and we were on our set of the boat of the ship, of Captain Hook's ship, and there was a set of stairs, and I was hamming it up, as you do, when you're 16, 17, playing Captain Hook. And I moved my arms, and I just felt this movement, and then looked down, 
and I could see my hook rolling step by step slowly <laughs> the clunk, clunk and everybody else on stage so because there was Tinkerbell, Tiger Lily, Peter, Smay were all on stage and we all seemed to stop and look at this <laughs> rolling down. And it's, the, it's, one of those, it's one of those oh. moments where your heart stops as, as the hook gently rolls down yeah. the stairs and everyone's thinking, what do we do with the hook? I pulled my hand into my sleeve <laughs> so suddenly I had nothing. But when I looked down, it had landed near Tinkerbell and Alison who was playing Tinkerbell, just sort of looked at it <laughs> and then kicked it with the back of her shoe off the stage. Oh, very good. And then we could continue on. <laughs> well, it's a great story. Thank you very much for telling us about it, Richard. Are you in anything at any time soon? Not at the minute, but the group I'm in are looking to do My Fair Lady in October. Oh, very good. So, Fabulous. Richard, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Richard. So Richard uh, Richard all there telling us about a disaster he had on stage. And if you want to get in touch with your disaster, uh, just to write to us at hello at actinguppod.com. We love to hear what happened, how you coped, and how the show carried on. <laughs> We are here with Acting Up. It's me, Kerry Ellis, with the lovely Jamie Crick Hello. and Johnny Bunyan. Hello. So, some of you may know that we like to go backstage and not just give you all the people at the front, like myself, <laughs> um, but we like to talk to the people that actually um, put the shows on, you know, casting directors, directors, musical directors, and Johnny goes out to speak to some of them. Who have you spoken to this week? Well, this week is the fabulous Jake Brunger. He is a lyricist and book writer. A book writer essentially writing the script for a musical. Um, it's a really interesting role, and it's one role that actually a lot of people out there probably don't know a huge amount about. So I began by asking him, what on earth is a book writer and lyricist? Well, the book writer is the person who kind of comes up with the structure of the show, uh, works out the story. If it's an adaptation, we'll read the original book and kind of go, all right, what does this whole thing look like as a musical? Work out where the interval point is. And then I work with the composer, which in my case is always Pippa Cleary, who I've worked with for 10 years now. And we actually tend to do a lot of that structure stuff together and work out what the songs are together because she will have ideas about where she'll want those songs to be. But on a logistical level, book writing is also writing the stage directions and writing the dialogue. And then as a lyricist, I then leap into, once you've stopped doing dialogue, you then leap into song, which is singing. And then I work with Pippa and we write the lyrics together to start singing. Just explain how you work with Pippa and what, how, how do you, because it's obviously quite a fascinating relationship between lyricist and composer. Yeah. People often wonder where kind of you stop and they start. How does that kind of come together to create a musical? Well, we have a really unique situation, not completely unique, other people do it, where we write the lyrics together. But if you look at like, for example, Star and Drew, one is a composer, one is a lyricist, and that's the most common route of, of how people do it. Or they do both, like Jason Robert Brown, or like someone like Cindy Lauper for Kinky Boots. So Pippa and I will be at the piano, she sits at the piano, I will be have my laptop perched on the end, and I will start reading the script. She will then start underscoring when she feels the song is ready to come in, and then we will start singing lyrics out loud. And we record all those sessions because what comes to us instinctively is in that initial play and scat tends to form the basis of the song. And we do go in with a few lyric ideas, often a song title, but really it comes at the piano for us. You obviously have to get on quite well. Pippa and I are like a married couple. <laughs> I mean, you know, like I say, it's, it's a relationship. She is outside my own relationship. She is the person I spend most of my time with. Sometimes in, in busy times, we live together. We've slept in the same bed together. We've travelled the world together. Right. So, yeah, it's, a, it's we know 
how each other works as well. Good. That's good to know. <laughs> and you've worked on an awful lot of stuff. I suppose most notably uh, Secret Diary of Adrian Mole, yeah. which of course uh, has been going, you mentioned to me before we started recording, you wrote about six years ago? Yeah, six years. I mean, it's a long development process for that show. And, and actually, that's something that perhaps listeners won't necessarily understand, is that, is that whole development of a musical, because often, obviously, as soon as they see a poster, they know it's on, but how long does the process take typically to get a show kind of up and running? I mean, I really think that for uh, certainly a major musical or something of a sizable, sizable size, not regular phrase, you know, I think you're looking at three to four years. I don't really think anything can happen quicker than that. You will go into that workshop cycle where you will write a draft of the show in anything from, I'd say, six months to 12 months of the first draft. And then you will put readers around a table and, and read it out loud. And then you might do an on-its-feet workshop. You might do a backers audition where you're trying to get finances on board. Or you might get a really spirited producer who goes, let's just do this, you know, let's just get it on. Let's talk about the renaissance of, out of new British musicals. Because you must be thrilled at the concept of the fact that actually... Certainly in the last 18 months, we've had things like Eugenius, when I've got Six, the musical, which is doing very well. Shows that are new musicals, original kind of concepts, actually becoming, proving that they can be hits. What is it about the, the kind of um, appetite that exists for that now? Why do you think that's happening? Well, I think Twitter has a big part to do with it, and Instagram as well. I think certainly with Jamie and Six, they have both absolutely, you know, taken those and run with it. I mean, look at the Spotify album for Six, which now has six million streams. That's come from, I think, it's the first of its generation in the same way that in America Hamilton did it and Be More Chill which is just about to open on Broadway got its um, audience from a Spotify streamed album that then lived on in, in blogs and Tumblr and tweets and things like that so I think this is the we are coming through the first generation of those shows that are being made not for our parents that normally with that theatre going audience but for the I don't want to use it, not kids and Generation Z and millennials and all those horrible but you know it's for people who, who yeah engage with that stuff on social media so I think this is a really exciting time because of that. It's amazing. Tell us what's coming up for you because uh, you're branching out not just into theatre but into film. Yeah, I've, I've just as a, as a solo screenwriter away from my work with Pippa, I've just done my. I'm, I'm, it's filming as we speak in, in London. Uh, a film called Love Sarah, starring Celia Imry, which has been lovely and, and really separate to the musicals I do. But uh, Pippa and I have just finished a uh, six month attachment to the National Theatre Studio, and they really have given us a space and free reign to do an original new musical that's not based on source material or popular songs or anything like that uh, it's a very different voice to what we've done before and so we've just finished the workshops over the last six months with Caroline Quentin Jenna Russell Catherine Kingsley wow. Jenny Galloway Rosemary Ash so um, we are really excited to see what happens next with that and what does happen next what, what's coming up well you just, you just have to wait and see that's the thing Like we, we don't actually know we're at the end of our six months we have a draft we're now at that stage like I said before of are we going to do a reading do we do a workshop do we have some overzealous producer who just goes let's just do it and get it on there's no right or wrong way of doing it I think of something like Flowers from Mrs Harris which you know was in development for a long time and then you know it was seen at Sheffield then seen at Chichester might move to town who knows and, and you just don't know or it might become like six an overnight sensation you know nobody can predict those things so I don't know what, what will happen next for it and it will be a mystery to everyone until it happens <laughs> it might just die <laughs> it might never be seen ever again like lots of musicals <laughs> For you, finally, do you feel actually that that's kind of all part of the excitement of working in this industry? Is that actually you can put your heart and soul into something that never happens and then something that you have a rough idea just suddenly, suddenly does? Yeah, I mean, at the moment, like I, if I look across everything I'm working on, I'd say I have about eight projects seriously in development at various stages with because I'm doing a lot of TV and film at the moment and you have different projects with different producers I have no idea which one is going to land I do love the unpredictability I also hate it 
it's really scary to try and budget your life in terms of what you don't know what's coming in when but I'm looking at this year going I'm really excited about not knowing what's coming as well because I've got enough fires what's it called hands and fingers irons and, and the fire irons and fires or yeah. finger and pies you know that you kind of <laughs> go something will work out and you just and what I've learned over 10 years of working in this industry is you do just have to relax and the things that will rise to the surface rise at the right time and if they don't they might come back at another time you know ideas I've had years ago I'm still talking about because I still believe in them and the ones that don't make it you kind of go there's a reason why they died <laughs> Jake Brunker. So now we know what um, what it takes to write the book. Yeah, he's, he's just amazing, and I have to say, good luck to everything that he's working on because it's uh, it's a hard it's a hard thing being an independent writer, and it's fantastic. So best of luck to Jake. Kerry, you talked earlier about all the people involved in putting a show together and how the cast kind of take it over once mm-hmm. it's got past that first night. Do you meet the people who write the words and do the music, and do they listen to what you're singing <laughs> and <laughs> offer their thoughts or change things? Sometimes it's so. Uh, organic and it really depends on the you know the individual I do remember meeting Winnie who uh, came into wow. Wicked and she was quite silent and, and just she was the writer way, script writer, the, book, yeah, writer yeah. book writer yeah. and she was just gorgeous and and quite quiet and then there are other people that do come in and have a real opinion um, it's quite difficult because I think the the writer essentially has to communicate with the director there's lots of channels when you're in theatre of who should who should speak to who and you know mm. who directs who and and it can become quite political and I think it, a book writer can can be really helpful because essentially it's their idea so they do have perhaps a bit of knowledge that you can't get from somewhere else but then they also have to keep quite a distance because once they've given it to the director it's then their vision to put mm, onto the to, actors to take it further gosh it's such a complicated it thing it is and we'll uh, meet more of the people who work backstage and make the magic happen as well as of course the people who are on stage and we talked earlier about maybe somebody writing a musical for Rachel Tucker and Kerry Ellis to be in <laughs> Mm. Uh, might that happen? Because, of course, there's a lot of new musicals being trialled and written and um, great showcases. And I caught up with the team down at Joe Allen's, Cathy and Josephine, and we were talking about just that. I mean, where do you go when your producers and your directors, etc., to go out and see? Yeah. I mean, Six started at the Edinburgh Festival, it's now at the Arts, and, and you know, it was completely it. sold out in its last run. It's doing great business. Fantas- we need fresh, we need new. You know, there are young composers coming up all the time. Unfortunately, the thing with the West End is that you get the successful shows tend to make sort of traffic jams and theatres don't become available. But it is lovely when you see new work. I mean, there's new stuff coming over from America, which is really exciting for us. We're, we've got our eye on that. Yeah, we won't say anything. Yeah, no, yeah, 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 we won't. Yeah. <laughs> Waitress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wouldn't say that. No, 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 that's very ambitious, yes. Um, uh, just on a completely different note, I have to say that yesterday, did you walk past Pineapple Dance Studios, anybody? No. I've never seen cues like really? it. And I was thinking, what is going on? Mm. And I talked to these two young people. The open call for Dear Evan Hansen. Oh. They had yes. been there queuing since nine yesterday morning and it was four in the afternoon. Oh my and goodness. they were still there in the rain. I That's mean, wow. this business is extraordinary. Yeah. Absol- wow. who, who would queue for a job for that long in the rain? Now, most people would only queue for a flat screen TV. Mind you, Lion King's always been like that. Every time when we were in Exeter Street, you'd come out and they'd be queuing around the block every time there was even the tiniest cast change. Apparently
Kathy and Josephine from Joe Allen's and they, I know, are really, really excited about The Waitress. They are, and it's a fabulous show. It's just opened at the Delphi Theatre. So I trudged down there in my boots, my trudged. coat, and whatever else I happened to wear that day. And Did you take a pie? No, cool. no I just should have done, actually. Well, should have they got, they got pies. special pies, haven't they? <laughs> they do, yeah, right, absolutely. Yeah. At the yeah. Theatre Cafe. I popped down there to see what the audience thought of Waitress. I thought it was really, really lovely. Um, yeah, I think it wasn't at all what I thought it was. It's quite surreal at points. And there, there are moments of, like, really heartfelt loveliness, and then there are moments of kind of pantomime so it's an odd piece but it's really enjoyable it's lovely what did you make of it i absolutely loved it and Catherine mcphee did not disappoint at all no. big fan amazing it was very funny very heartwarming uh, great vocals really great afternoon out splendid when you go to the theater great. all the time you come away and go i feel good about that yeah. and the little girl at the end was a real lovely touch i thought it was really good and i made sure that i didn't listen to the soundtrack for i went there okay and yeah i was blown away what was good about it? The vocal range, uh, the narrative, the staging, the little girl at the end. I loved it. It made me feel really happy and I cried out of happiness. What did you make yourself? <laughs> yeah, it was really good. It was, my, it was actually my first time at the West End, but I loved it. Wow. Why? Why did you come and see this particularly or anything else? Well, it's, it's my girlfriend here, actually. This is her dream to come to the West End. Right. I'm a super fan of Waitress, so... I thought it was very good, yeah. Why? Well, it's just different, isn't it? <laughs> What the audience thought after seeing Waitress and Johnny will be uh, backstage somewhere. You can spot him. He's the one in the flowery shirt <laughs> or the Hawaiian shirt the very other week, tall. isn't it? It's very... Now, uh, where are we going to do this um, thing? Apparently, Johnny has a photographic memory. If you mention oh, a no. show, he can tell you the theatre. Yeah, it's weird. Can you? Yeah. yeah but I won't know. I'm That's a get, funny thing. <laughs> well, no, just name, name a show in the West End. Um, whatever it is. Motown. Uh, Shaftesbury. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Any others? Strictly Ballroom. Not on anymore. No, Was it the Piccadilly not. now starring Curious Instant at the Dog of the Night Time? Have you ever thought is, of getting I don't a, know whether this is a particular thought getting a flask and an anorak <laughs> <laughs> and hanging around and a clipboard, a little yeah. notepad, a bit of whiskey, yeah. hanging around Shaftesbury Avenue. And <laughs> sure, <laughs> um, anything for this show, Jamie. Anything for this show, <laughs> Kerry. It's yes. um, more performances with Calabro. Or? More performances with Calabro, and I've got my performance at the Stables, which is in Milton Keynes, coming up in early March. And also, I'm at the Haymarket, uh, where Only Fours and Horses is opening on the 24th of March. So, if you've got any Valentine. Yeah. gifts you haven't bought yet maybe that's a great gift to buy it is and it is valentine's day today which we're all very excited about which by the way if you're up. listening after thursday it isn't that's but, true but good the, point. the thought's there the thought is there absolutely um <laughs> i have to say something popped up on twitter the other day care of the lovely pauline at the bridge theater actually and this was a uh, an actual audience member that was went to see a show and she decided to throw something out to the twitter sphere so she said twitter sphere i need your help trying to find the lovely gent who took his parents to see my name is lucy barton on the 1st of February, gallery seat 2, seat C53. I was a girl in the red coat in C50. I should have said hi when you smiled. Oh, I love Isn't that, that gorgeous? So much. Are we going to be a new matchmaking show? I'd yeah. love it. I, I tweeted earlier to find out if she managed to get Do hold you know of him. What? And don't the, know yet. There's a musical in this. There is. There is. That's what do you call musical. it? What do you call it? Oh. C53. No, no, it's a bit boring. <laughs> No, that won't work. I mean, I was going to say love. No, I That's beautiful. I thought love at the theatre would be, you know, just a bit love more the bridge. catchy. Oh. You know, have you been That's... to CC53? <laughs> it's really interesting. Oh, I hope I hope they do connect. That's... That would be so brilliant, yeah. wouldn't well, it? Lauren LV Veru is her name on Twitter. So if, you, if anyone knows, 
to oh. spread the word because uh, yeah, yeah. we love making dreams happen we on the show. Really interesting. Right. Okay. Well, that's it, really. Hang on, I just want to ask quickly. Oh, sorry. What, what are you doing for Valentine's Day, Jamie? Anything fun? Uh, yeah, we got a really nice. Um, well, we're just doing like little suppery type thing and so on. And um, and I'm still can't find the book. I know it sounds boring, but it's a new book that's coming out. Ooh. And it's very berry, and it's just like. You know, you got, he's got an argument, that's why. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> posh. I know. It's very posh. What are you doing, Johnny? I, well, I actually did it the other day because I'm off to Scotland. So I'm, I'm missing out on actual Valentine's Day, but I had a nice little dinner in. I cooked vegetarian toad in the hole. So hang on a minute. Are you a veggie as well? No, no, no but he is. My other half oh. is. So, 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 so you did. Are you a veggie? I'm a veggie. Oh, right, sorry. So you did the whole Valentine's thing? Yeah, we with did the cards it. and everything. With the cards. Well, yeah, well, he got me a card. I've got him some flowers, Aww. which which are arriving today. Nice. Very excited. No, no. We're, to be honest, we're, he's quite anti commercial ability. So a nice little home cooked right. meal. Yeah, last that's, of his. that's sort of what we're, yeah. Yeah. Thinking, what about you, yeah. Carrie? Because you've been married for how long? <laughs> a long time. Um, <laughs> no, I haven't. Uh, but. <laughs> Seven, eight, um, eight years, I think it is. Lovely. Well, I'm actually home, which is a I joy. Say, you're not on stage. I'm not on stage, That's which nice. is which is rare because usually birthdays and all of that thing, I'm usually working. But I'm home, so we'll probably end up doing one of those meals from one of those supermarkets. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, just staying in and yeah, Pop being in on. the same place at the same time That's is nice. novel for us. That's so, lovely. Um, be really yeah. nice. And it's, it's, what, they're all doing like steak and um, asparagus, oysters, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, subtle an oyster. Lovely. Subtle. <clears throat> Excuse me. <laughs> oysters got gone oyster. down. <laughs> oh dear, brilliant! It's solid an oyster. Oh, That's the one way to finish the show. Today, aren't we? Oh, no, great. There you go. Well, hot. Thank you very much for joining us on this week's <laughs> Acting Up. Thank you to Kerry and Johnny. Thank and you. Thank don't you. forget, if you want to subscribe, how do you do it? All you have to do is press subscribe on your podcast platform. And remember, please give us a five-star review. And we'd Otherwise. love you to talk to us a bit more on social media because we know you're out there listening. Do let us know what you think of the show. Tweet us, Facebook, Instagram, Acting Up Pod. And yeah, get in touch. Yeah, we had some lovely messages, by the way. Thank you very much for those. So if you do listen, uh, tell your friends about it and also drop us a line because we'd love to hear from you. Have a terrific week. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Acting Up is a Muddy Knees Media production. For sales and advertising, please email sales at muddyneesmedia.com.